0: Welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. This show is all about simple ways to detox your body, mind, and environment so you can reclaim your vibrant health and live the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Green, board-certified holistic health coach, detox specialist, and sustainable building expert. On today's episode, I invited Sandra Possing. She's a mindset coach, She wants you to unleash your inner badass and manifest your dream life. And in this interview, we talk about detoxing and decluttering your mindset, emotional detoxing, and also streamlining your life so you can focus on what's important rather than being distracted. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. I'm your guest, Jessica Green, health coach and holistic detox specialist. And today I have with me Sandra Pawsing. Sandra is a speaker and a mindset coach. She empowers high achieving, sensitive women to develop unshakable self-belief and manifest their dream lives. Welcome, Sandra. So nice to have you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. (laughs)
0: lovely um so you know i just as a part of this introduction i'm sure that people be curious about well how did you become a mindset coach what was your journey to get to where you are today and why are you so passionate about your um your focus of um you know, empowering, high achieving, sensitive women to develop unshakable self-belief and mindset, um, manifest their dream lives. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Oh man, it was a very windy journey. Um, one that I'm grateful for. I have zero regrets, but looking back on it, I just have to kind of chuckle and have so much, so much love and compassion for my younger self who was so lost and so confused. And I, um, I kind of joke and say I, I spent So I moved up to San Francisco from LA after college and I, looking back on it, I kind of feel like I spent most of my twenties just like wandering around the city, bumping into buildings, (laughs) you know, like there was a lot of, oh, let me go try this. Oh, no, that's not it. And like, ah, finance. Oh, definitely not finance. Life insurance. I worked for startups. I did all so much random stuff, service industry. Um, and through it all, it was almost kind of like I, I spent most of my 20s doing process of elimination, because I knew, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I did know that I did not want to do something that was a paycheck. I knew I couldn't do the 95 my whole family's, you know, spread out in Scandinavia and in different places. And so I was like, I have to be able to travel. Um, I realized pretty early on that I was not really the employee type. I was not cut out to be told what to do. Um, and that I needed something different and I needed something that was more like a mission or a calling. I just had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. So I tried all this random stuff and then kind of, it wasn't really until my late twenties when I had a little bit of like a, A moment or maybe a series of moments where I was like okay Sandra (laughs) your only job right now is to figure out what your job is because you can't do this forever you can't do this random you know wandering around forever I knew that I was learning you know and again no regrets I look back on it and it was all super valuable but through kind of a random series of events I followed breadcrumbs and I got more and more honest with myself I eventually found fitness was which was close I was like "Ooh." you know, I'm I'm helping people find their inner athlete and that awakened, awakened something in me. Um, And then through the fitness world, I found the coaching world, which when I found it, it was like the biggest, oh my gosh, duh moment. Because I was like, if I had known this was a thing, I would have started a business when I was 12, you know, but I didn't know that it was a real job. Like I'd been reading, you know, the Celestine Prophecy and Chicken Soup for the Soul and all the self-help books since I was a kid, but I didn't know that it was a real job. And once I realized it was an entire industry and I could build a career out of it, it was like, oh, okay, why would I do anything else? And then I, you know, I was was also very scared, so I kind of found my way into it very hesitatingly, (laughs) hesitantly, Mm -hmm. Um, and once I got into it, I got all the training and things and became a life coach, did that for probably the first six or seven years. And then most recently, just in the last year or so, is when I've honed it down to specifically mindset coaching because I've realized that's the backbone of everything that I teach and what I believe. And it's where most of my own, most of, you know, I'm, I'm very big on practicing what I preach and walking my talk. And so much of the work that I do for myself and with people is, it comes down to mindset. It comes down to rewiring your brain, retraining ourselves how to think, and then everything else kind of starts to fall into place from there. And I think of it always as transformation from the inside out. So that's kind of the, how I became a coach, how I became a mindset coach specifically. And the reason I work with high achieving, sensitive women is because that's like a lot of coaches, you know, we tend to oftentimes work with kind of a past version of ourselves. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. the journey that I know the best is that of this high achieving, super sensitive Women, so you know and there's people that fall outside of that description yeah, but um most of my clients are like me we're we're a lot of us are hsp so super highly sensitive people we're empaths like we feel all the things and we feel them very deeply <laughs> a lot of us not all of us are introverts but i'm a huge introvert and a lot of my clients are and it's i one of the things i'm so adamant about teaching them is you know look we're we, we're living in a world that's kind of built for people that are not like us a little bit more built for extroverts and people who are kind of the loudest and the most aggressive and the most, you know, there's a lot of like divine masculine energy that's created the outside world. And we softies are, you know, maybe much more on the feminine or we're just quieter or we need more space or we need things to be a little slower. And all those things that I used to see as character flaws in myself. And I used to think, you know, all my clients like they think something's wrong with them they're ashamed they think they're broken they don't talk about it because they're ashamed and so bringing those women especially together and helping them realize these are not character flaws these are actually your superpowers but we have to take care of ourselves in a different way we have to do self-care and boundaries and all these things so the more i work with women like that who are like myself the more i get to you know pay it forward to and everything that i've learned and been able to get through in my own journey, now I get to serve and have that impact that's aligned with that. As as we say in the coaching industry, a lot of the time, your mess is your message <laughs> sometimes, and my hot mess express of a journey now gets to be a, such a big part of my message too.
0: Wow, I really love that, and it's so funny. You spent your 20s in San Francisco kind of testing out different things, so did I actually. It's a great city to do that. <laughs> it is. It's
1: an amazing city in so many ways.
0: You know, I think that, um, you know, so many listeners can really relate to uh, some of what you described. Um, you know, I myself am also uh, an introvert. I I wouldn't call myself a highly sensitive person, but I know that there's plenty of people that I work with that are, you know, sensitive. And, um, you know, maybe they don't fit the perfect mold of um, masculine energy to help them thrive in this masculine world. So instead, refocusing that, that's not a flaw. It's actually a superpower. Uh, this feminine energy is a superpower. And um, your introvertedness can be a superpower as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, you I have love... to handle
1: it with so much love and so much care. And yeah. I like, I mean, when I take really good, even like when this whole pandemic started, I, because of being such an empath too, I got really overwhelmed really quickly because of feeling all the feelings of everyone everywhere, you know, but felt like, and then I realized, okay, I just need to adjust my self care. I need to set up a little bit of, uh, stronger boundaries and really focus on filling my own cup and charging my own battery And then once I did that, I kind of just stabilized out. And then I was able to be in a place where then I could go serve and I could be a support network for my clients and for my own network. And it just, you know, it's like, but having that awareness, if you don't know that, then it's really easy to get, you know, just overwhelmed and go hide in the cave forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. And uh, I know that that's been a topic of conversation among uh, a number of my health coach friends as well, Uh, you know, just feeling these different emotions that, that aren't really ours. You know, how do you identify ours versus theirs and separate that out so that you can really be of service to Mm -hmm. others as a coach, you know, so important. Um, You know, I think I forgot to mention uh, what we're going to be talking about today to the audience. Um, But this might give you a, that was a little bit of a preview. We're going to be talking about detoxing and decluttering your mindset and your emotions and streamlining your life so that you can focus and have more energy to focus on what's really important to you. And uh, so, you know, I'd love to start out with, uh, you know, the detoxing and decluttering your mindset. Um, You already talked about that a little bit. Let's dive in a little bit deeper to that. Uh, You know, what do you see with your clients um, that, Uh, really is impactful for them in terms of, you know, just the shift in the mindset. How can that really hold us back? How can shifting that really start to lift us up so that we're freer to do the things that we really love to do? Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I would love to. So um, I'm like, how much time do you have? (laughs) This is Probably my (laughs) favorite topic. So See, I mean, sometimes I'm like, you guys' mindset is everything, <laughs> you know. Which, it's okay, me being a little really dramatic too, but it it really is. Which is now why I'm so focused on mindset coaching because it's, it, it, we don't realize how much of our entire way of being in the world is driven by you know, kind of the man behind the curtain, so to speak, you know, the, well, our subconscious mind and how so much of it is just happening. It's out of habit. It's conditioning. It's fear. It's our scarcity belief system. It's all these things that we're not even aware of. And, you know, most of us are kind of like, to use my metaphor from before, just walking around, bumping into things, reacting to life as it comes at us. And we don't realize that we can kind of scoot over into the driver's seat and be in charge of things and be in charge of our reactions to things by actually choosing our thoughts but of course we can't choose our thoughts if we don't know what our thoughts are so at the end of the day it all comes back to awareness you know so like the starting point of all things mindset in my opinion is you've got to go back to awareness and yet we have upwards of 60 70,000 thoughts a day so you obviously don't want to be aware of all of them because that would be exhausting and who has time for that but at least we can start to just chip away at it and start to just you know and it's not like some race or something it's just it gets to be a lifelong journey of becoming a little bit more aware and a little bit more aware of our thoughts and then as we start to become more aware of our thoughts we can kind of step back and like they teach in the meditation world to just be the observer of your own thoughts realizing you are not the thinker you are the thinker of your thoughts and when you take that observer um, position and perspective kind of like you know the, they'll also describe in the meditation world like it if your thoughts are a waterfall, it's like standing underneath and behind the waterfall and watching your thoughts trickle down in front of you. And once you can separate yourself from it and then you disassociate it, your, your entire identity from the thoughts, because a lot of us just, we walk around and we think that our thoughts are the truth, you know? And if you're like, I feel depressed, then you think I am depressed. And then depression is your entire reality, or, you know, insert any way that you feel, right? Or that you're convinced is true. And right. so as, as soon as we start cultivating some awareness around that, we can be like, oh, let me actually look at the quality of these thoughts. And then most of us realize, wow, my thoughts are really mean. (laughs) And most of them are about me, you know, they're either really fear-based about what's gonna happen or they're, we're caught up in regretting the past. We replay past things that have happened over and over and over. And if we feel shame or guilt around those things, we feel that shame and guilt over and over and over, right? And then that's releasing all the stress hormones from our brain, which is wreaking havoc in our body. It's just like this entire mess. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the show.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> so I was like, and then it's just this huge shit show.
0: <laughs> and then it's shit show
1: after shit show, day after day, right? And we're doing all this damage to our, not just our mental health, but our emotional health, our physical health, because our our thoughts are just running unchecked. And so many of them are harmful, are negative. They're all limiting beliefs, not all, but a lot of them are limiting beliefs, their fears, they're prejudice prejudices, prejudices our biases, whatever it is. And as soon as we start to become aware, we can start to realize, oh, I can change them. And then it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I have so much more power than I thought I realized. Here I am thought I was just like, kind of, you know, ping ponging, being ping ponged around by my circumstances when really I can actually kind of change everything, or I can at least change how I respond to things. I can change how I think about things. And so as they start to become more aware of their negative thoughts they can start to choose, which is a practice in and of itself for sure and takes patience and commitment but as soon as they start to learn how to shift their thoughts and become more aware and choose like slightly better feeling thoughts then they start thinking better and then they start feeling better and then they start showing up differently and it all snowballs from there which is why i'm like transformation from the inside out starts with our mind but we gotta practice
0: awareness oh i love that and you know um I've experienced this same sort of, uh, transition over time. And, you know, over the last year, I've been working really hard on, you know, questioning those limiting beliefs, becoming more aware of my mindset. And I know it's just, it's kind of this ongoing journey, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned, you mentioned in that, you know, with all of this, um, you know, having sort of replays of past events and uh fearfulness and i think right now too it's even more prevalent right you know fearful of the now fearful of the future even Um, and the future hasn't even happened yet uh, but that fear could be a real driver for people. And so sort of segueing into this emotional detox, can you talk a little bit more about that, the fear-based emotions?
1: Mm, absolutely. So um, as you were saying that, I was reflecting back to a lot of my clients. I have this mastermind or a 12-year-long program. And the women, it's called unshakable. And this is kind of the point of it, right? So it's the the journey that I keep these women on it's so much of it is about getting to this place where you instead of living in a fear-based paradigm where, you know, because our thoughts are just running like runaway train and most of the world that most of us are interacting in you know just mainstream society our conditioning all of that does come from such a fear-based paradigm so and our conditioning which from our well-meaning adults in our life and caretakers and parents and those influences it's like we've gotten so much fear messaging that that's just kind of the way our brains are wired and then when something big and scary like what's happening now happens we're just like firing based on, like we're creating our perception of our current reality based on our past experiences, most of which are informed by fear. And so we're so used to having a fear response in our body, right? Our, our thoughts create our feelings, our thoughts, with, or our mind is thinking these thoughts, our brain, and then our body is responding and the energy, I love the word emotion broken down into E motion, like energy and motion. So I think I just, just I, didn't, I didn't make that up. Certainly, I'm just sharing what i've learned from many teachers right but the the emotions are just swirling around in our body in response to our thoughts and so if we can learn to be more aware of and shift our thoughts then we can learn to have a different emotional response so that's why it totally starts with thoughts and at the same time like you know we if if the mental decluttering is practicing awareness and very intentionally choosing new thoughts and training ourselves to choose new thoughts and therefore creating new neural pathways in our brain the emotional decluttering to me is actually feeling our feelings, which is something we're not taught to do. And it kills me, (laughs) So, especially in kind of the more like patriarchal molds that a lot of us are, you know, totally depends on your influences and, and what you've been taught. You know, maybe you had super hippie parents who were like, cry when you're sad. But a lot of us, we've been conditioned with this, you know, don't show emotion. Emotion is weak, especially men. Um, but even as women, because a lot of the women that I work with are, you know, they are very sensitive. So more than sometimes anyone, they need to feel their emotions. It's so important. It's so healthy and it's so unhealthy when they don't. But because a lot of my women are high achieving also, they're not like sensitive women who can just sit at home and cry. They're sensitive women who are trying to go do big things in the world, or they're trying to succeed in their career, or they're, you know, trying to prove themselves to their parents, or they're trying to impress their parents' friends because their conditioning is to, is to achieve, you know? And so they're running around trying to prove themselves and there's no room for emotion a lot of times in that when you're achieving, you're getting the next degree. And you know, a lot of them are like serious overachievers and overthinkers. So they're used to just like, so they don't give themselves the time and the space to actually feel. And then again, it creates disease and dis-ease and discomfort and problems in the body and everything. But it's like, for me, emotional detox, emotional decluttering, is just creating the freaking time and space to allow yourselves to feel your feelings, which can look like all sorts of things. Um, but most importantly, just creating the space to feel. And then I have lots of favorite ways that people can process emotions and release emotions. But the, the you know if I can only give one takeaway on emotional decluttering, it's give yourself permission. Your feelings are normal. You're allowed to feel them. And if you don't feel them, that's when they get bottled up. And then they're going to come exploding out in some really unhealthy, probably super inconvenient way. That may harm someone else or you.
0: Right. Oh, so so true. And you know, I know that. Um, you know, I've I've been uh, more cognizant as uh, you know, I've I've got a four-year-old, almost four-year-old, and mm-hmm. I've become more cognizant of um, giving her permission to feel her feelings. Mm. Right, especially right now, there's a lot of frustration, a little bit confusion um you know there's been a lot of changes over the last couple of months, and you know she's really missing friends and she's wondering why can't I go run up to that person and just give them a hug. You know there's a lot of these these feelings that she's feeling. and now i'm I'm starting to see them kind of just come to the surface a little bit more. I think she's been bottling them up a little bit and and I hope that's not my fault, uh, but I've been more aware of, yes, you know, you can feel those emotions, you just process them at, them out, and usually then she's you know fine. And uh, this is really interesting to think about this in the context of, what do you do when you're in, you know, you are a high, high high achiever, you're in a masculine kind of world or dominant world, Um, showing your emotions is not Not really widely accepted accepted. yet. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. It's changing
1: slowly, you know, in some circles more than others, which I am, I am excited that it's starting to, you know, like so many thank yous to Brene Brown for opening the world up to the world's eyes up to vulnerability and there's a lot of great people doing great work I think in that arena but yeah we have we have some serious shifting to do on that front and I'm not a parent um, yet we haven't decided if we want to go down that path yet or not but uh, but I'm a, a very proud aunt of many nieces and nephews and I am constantly in awe of how much we as adults have to learn from the kids in our life when it comes to their you know, their, their ability to just throw themselves on the ground and have a tantrum. And then we as adults are so uncomfortable with that because we've been conditioned to not do that. And we're so uncomfortable with it that we would just want to make it stop. You know, we're like that, make it stop, go away, put a bow on it, clean it up because it's messy and it's uncomfortable. And I'm like, no, no, we need to, and I'm, you know, I'm not telling any parent what to do because I have zero idea. I, don't, I bow to all of you seriously. But I'm like, we have so much to learn from that because we just are on the opposite of in the spectrum. We bottle it up so tightly and we tell ourselves that we're wrong for even feeling. And it's like, no, that's so unhealthy. Whereas there's so many healthy ways to let the emotions out. Most of us just don't, we're not in the habit of it or we don't know how, or we're scared of our emotions. But like when you start to let them out, it is the most therapeutic and healing and beautiful thing. And then it can just be this regular part of your daily life where you're just like, oh, I'm feeling feelings. I'm gonna go feel them this way.
0: And then boom, you move on, no problem. Oh, that is... That sounds so magical because, you know, right now, um, you know, let's just take, you know, the fear, the anxiety, a lot of these dark feelings and dark emotions uh, cycling through people right now um, related to the pandemic. Right. And uh, you know, for those of us who want to be of service to others, you know, which is most of us, right. But me as a health coach, say, for instance, you know, i really try to, um, I try not to dwell in certain emotions Mm -hmm. because I find that, you know, they bring down my energy, they make it harder to do wonderful things. So I tend to refocus my feelings and emotions around things that, are positive, you know, like, oh, look, there's the veggies growing in my veggie garden. There's, you know, my beautiful daughter, she's so silly and she makes me laugh. And, you know, how do people navigate with that? It's like, yes, you know, we can have some feelings of anxiety or fear around something, but knowing that by dwelling on it, we could get really deep into this funnel you know, how do you balance out the recognizing that you have this feeling and processing that and also making sure you don't go down this deep, dark hole?
1: Yep. So a mentor of mine a couple of years ago described it in a way that really resonated for me, which is dangle your feet down the rabbit hole. Just don't hop all the way into the rabbit hole and stay there which I love. So to me, hopping all the way down in the rabbit hole means like you go down the, you know, insert whatever your big emotion is. For a lot of my clients, it's shame from mm-hmm. past experience things or guilt or just anxiety or whatever it is. So they start to feel the shame or anxiety and then they spiral and they spiral and they spiral. And then they're tempted to stay down there. Cause that's the, you know, that's like not your comfort zone because it's comfortable, but it's your comfort zone. Cause it's familiar. Yes. And they're like, Oh, I get triggered. I shut down. I go down the spiral rabbit hole. See you next week <laughs> you know and then it's like bye and then they and then they're not very helpful to themselves or others so when we say just dangle your feet down the rabbit hole instead to me that means move the energy it means it don't it doesn't mean ignore the emotion I think one of the worst things we can do as people who want to help and serve and this kind of gets into that realm of toxic positivity or spiritual bypassing where you're just like Oh, you're feeling something bad? Just shift your thoughts to something better. Rainbows and unicorns and gratitude all day. And I'm like the biggest. I mean, if I can only teach people one thing, it'd be gratitude, literally. So I'm that huge of a proponent. But I'm like, don't use gratitude as a band-aid when you have some shadow work to do. When you have something dark or hard that needs to be healed, don't just slap a unicorn on top of it because that's not going to work. That's just like... You know, it is just just you're just skipping over it right so right. but i think there's a way where we can we do eventually want to show focus on shifting our mindset and shift uh, changing our thoughts in in each moment but i think there's a huge importance around feel the feelings just do it mindfully do it temporarily because you want to move through it um another metaphor that i randomly made up a long time ago is like you're driving in a car and you come up to the car wash and the car wash is this feeling that you're feeling, like let's say it's shame or fear about what's going to happen or anxiety because you don't know if you're going to have a job next month or whatever. So you're driving up to the car wash. What most of us do, we're like, Ooh, that looks really net and Wessy. Wow, uh, wet and messy. There we go. And if I go in there, I'm going to get soap in my eyes and get slapped around by all those slappy things. And that doesn't sound fun at all. And they're like, I'm going to um, drive around the car wash. That sounds better. Or I'm going to just like, Pot. I'm gonna just turn around and go the other way, right? We see an emotion coming toward us and we're like, oh, hell no. And then we're just, we run away. But then the car wash doesn't go away, it's still there. Like we, and the only way to get past it is to go through it. So then I'm like, oh, nope, roll up your windows, you know, be safe, <laughs> which could be a metaphor for don't express your emotions in such a way where it's gonna harm someone else. Don't process your emotions in a way where it's gonna harm you. Roll up your window, put your seatbelt on, turn some good music on and just go through the car wash. But it's a temporary thing because the car wash keeps moving. Like you don't go in and live in the car wash. That wouldn't be helpful, you know, but you go through it. It takes a few minutes or hours or, you know, depending on your situation. You, so it's basically you have a pity party. You feel your feelings, but you feel them not to go down the rabbit hole and feel sorry for yourself. You feel them to just move the energy and energy can move, be moved in so many different ways. It, just to name a few of my favorites, it could be a really ugly cry in the shower. That's probably one of my go-tos. It could be a primal scream into a pillow. It could be turning the radio up in your car while you're driving and screaming at the top of your lungs without muffling it with the pillow because then nobody can hear you. And it's, you won't scare the neighborhood, it's fine. Um, it could be having an angry solo dance party. It could be going to a yoga class and just like, you know, it could be breath work. Um, Wim Hof breath work is great. Holotropic or shamanic breath work is great. One of the actually the biggest emotional release systems that I've found. Um, I personally, and this is definitely not for everyone, but I'll mention I'm personally a fan of plant medicine, like ayahuasca, which is a whole nother topic, but, um, for people who are ready for that and where they are good candidates and it's safe for them, that can be an amazing healing process. And it's just, it's just all about moving energy though. You know, it could be going and doing a workout, but very intentionally having it be about moving the energy, allowing yourself to let the emotions out. And then when you've done that, then you go choose the more positive thoughts or focus on gratitude or whatever, but we just don't want to go around it. Cause I think that is mm. less helpful.
0: Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I, um, I, I actually want to circle back just a little bit too, because, you know, here we're kind of talking about how do you, how do you kind of, um, take clients through these certain aspects, you know, the detoxing, the emotions, you know, feeling through the fear and, but keep moving and dipping your toes and, Um, Just circling back to uh, the mindset piece, um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, people have these uh, limiting beliefs that keep on coming up, these ideas that they have about themselves, things, ideas that they have about the world. And you'd mentioned something about, well, you know, our thoughts are not necessarily our, our truth, right? You know, they're not really true necessarily. Right. it's all it's all a perception, and um how what is your advice or how do you help people move through that process as well, identifying you know the limiting beliefs, but also just what what's a good practice to take people through to sort of maintain this? They are gaining awareness and they want to maintain this level. It's so easy you know i I go through it all the time where You know, I'll have many good days where everything just seems like, yeah, I could, you know, I'm doing great with my business, with my coaching clients, everything is great. And then, you know, you wake up one morning, you just have some, something that's off and all of a sudden it's just like, ah, yeah. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, yeah. I can't do this. I'm just lazy. I must be lazy. I yeah. know just all this they, doesn't work out. What yeah. if this doesn't work out? Yeah. 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 How do you, um, you know what's a good practice to keep people at sort of this higher level of, you know, keeping their limiting beliefs set at, at bay or having work through them? Like, how do they mm. keep reminding themselves
1: that? so um. I have a million answers to that, but the top three that came to mind, I'm trusting my intuition to just go with what comes first. So the first three of the million that came up, um, one is to find some sort of a specific framework or practice that really worked. And um, my particular favorite is, so Brooke Castillo, who has a company called The Life Coach School. She's been at this for a very long time. She's got like a bajillion podcast episodes, Um, she has a framework, which is one I teach to all my clients called the self-coaching model. I won't go through it here, but it's essentially like teaching you how to look at what what are the things you have control of and what don't you have control of, and then realizing that your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your actions, your actions create your results. So Mm -hmm. if anybody wants to go, we can link to that in the show notes. If anybody wants to look it up, Brooke Castillo, the self-coaching model. So a framework like that can be really helpful because then you can just kind of take your own personal examples and plug it in and see how it shakes out. Um, Another great resource is Byron Katie, which a lot of people are super fans of. I haven't gone super deep in it, but she's got a series of questions that you can ask where you're kind of identifying a thought and then saying, hey, is this ultimately true? (laughs) And then different questions you can ask. I know some people find that super helpful. Um, So so step or option one of a million could be finding some sort of a framework that's a really easy Um, Mm go-to. Another kind of a homework assignment, which is what I typically give my clients when they initially start doing mindset work, is to just, because the first step is awareness, I think, is to start actually writing down the thoughts that they're thinking. And most of them are horrified (laughs) in the beginning. And of course you get to have lots of compassion and forgiveness for yourself. in in like a uh, Gabby Bernstein kind of uh, perspective, you give yourself, you just, I forgive myself for thinking these thoughts. I forgive myself. So we're not writing them down to beat ourselves up for how mean we're being to ourselves, right? We're writing them down simply to be aware. So what I'll do is I'll have clients keep a log. So they'll take a little journal or something. And um, every time they catch themselves having a thought, they'll just write it down, especially the negative ones. And then they start to look back and they start to realize how many of them are fear-based. They're self they're limiting beliefs. They're very like negative self-talk. It's a lot of I'm not Mm enough"ness, and it takes the power out of it when they write it down. It also, it starts to be kind of hilarious. Like a lot of them come back after two weeks and they're like, okay, can I just read you some of these examples? Cause they're absurd. Like this is ridiculous. I would never talk to anyone else that I love let or even just another human this way and I'm talking to myself like this in my head all day long are you kidding me you know so then they (laughs) have that realization they can find a little humor in it too and then it's like then it's not so serious I always picture the joker of like why so serious like we're so serious in our minds when we think it's the truth but when we write it down it's like oh it's just a silly thought and I have lots of silly thoughts we all do it's just conditioning and then the other piece of that exercise is maybe you do it just that way to Cultivate awareness in the beginning, and then after a while, you start writing down a different thought. So you capture, you catch, your, catch yourself thinking, you know, what if I can't do this? What if it doesn't work out? And then you choose a, in the words of Abraham Hicks, a slightly better feeling thought. It doesn't have to be like, you know, instead of being like, God, I'm such a loser. You don't have to replace it with, I'm the best winner in the world, like because that's too <laughs> big of a jump, and so your subconscious mind is going to be like. Uh, no, you're not loser. You know, it's so we don't want to pick something that's such a huge leap. It's like the super enthusiastic rah rah <laughs> affirmation because you're not going to believe it. And so then right. it's not, there's no point. But you choose something that's just a slightly better feeling thought. So instead of like, ooh, shit, what if this doesn't work out? You choose like, oh, but what if it does? Or like, wouldn't it be cool if, if it worked out? And you can play with little questions. Like in the NLP world, they talk about just asking better questions. <laughs> the quality of your life, and I'm not NLP trained yet, it's on my list but I believe they say the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your questions or something like that. Mm. Um, I'm really excited to do that training, but playing with it and choosing slightly better feeling thoughts. And then over time, you just start to see that you have a choice and you see the really crappy thoughts and you see the better thoughts, and then you start choosing the better ones. And then you start rewriting your brain. And then the third thing I was going to say just real quickly is with practice, you start to feel the difference between fear and intuition, and you start to feel that, okay, when I'm coming from fear, when I'm coming from ego, when I'm coming from my limiting belief place in my mind, it feels like, it feels contracting, Mm -hmm. and when I'm coming from intuition, when I'm coming from trust, when I'm coming from, depending on what your beliefs are, like connecting to source, or higher self, or your own divine wisdom, or, you know, the universal mind, or whatever you want to call it, when I lean into that, it feels expansive, Mm -hmm. so then you're like, Ooh, is this a limiting belief or is this my intuition or whatever? You're like, well, one feels like you and one feels like, ah, one feels like contraction. One feels like expansion. One feels like yeah. it makes me want to lean back. One
0: feels like it's scary, but it's exciting. And I want to lean forward. Yes. Oh, that's great. I love those. I love those tips. Those are amazing. And so many great resources you've just thrown out there. We will include them in the show notes for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love these. Love them. Um, wow. I, okay. Now, this last piece that we're going to talk about today, I'm super excited about, and I think everyone, everyone should be excited about uh, how to streamline your life so that you have mm-hmm. more energy and time to focus on the things that are important. Let's talk about that. I yeah. feel like that's like this <laughs> magic door into wonderland right there. having the time that we want to focus on the things that are really important yeah
1: so this to me is kind of a discussion that is an intersection of a lot of things it's an intersection of time or what i would call our relationship with time Mm -hmm. um i like to (laughs) my clients joke that they like so when I when I talk about things like your relationship with blank, I, I try to personify it and like imagine that time was an actual human being and how is your actual relationship with this concept, right? We can talk about our relationship with time, our relationship with money, whatever fell in the blank, your relationship mm-hmm. with your career, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to relationship with time, we joke that we're like, we think we're kind of this like, like slave to the clock. We're like you know, time is this master and I mean, it's ridiculous the language we use around it, right? I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. Like we're constantly reinforcing the same stories of like time is this cruel mistress. And I am just, I never, it's, I'm just constantly abused by it. Right. And so I like to teach my clients to become time wizards or time ninjas, or they get to redesign and recreate their relationship with time so that it is whatever kind of relationship, like my relationship with time, is a really playful one. It's like you know, n- me in a hot summer fling frolicking on the beach kind of vibe, <laughs> you know and um, and my husband totally supports that by the way. I'm allowed to have a relationship with time on the side. Just kidding, but um, so it's about turning it's it's about reevaluating and redeciding how we want to be in relationship with time, specifically, but then also just it's looking at all the stuff literally and figuratively in our life and what we allow in. What we don't allow in, the boundaries we set, all that kind of stuff. Some, some examples would be um, like when I take clients through a sort of a decluttering or streamlining or an optimizing process, it has a lot of different moving parts, right? For some people, yeah. it's going to look like literally decluttering. It's, you know, which a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm stuck at home, so I may as well clean out the garage. But for some people, physically going through and looking, you know, you can Marie Condo the shit out of your entire living space and it will change your life for some people because. They've been accumulating stuff to distract themselves. They've been accumulating stuff to um, numb out from the feelings that they don't want to feel. They've been accumulating stuff because they're trying to impress their neighbors or whatever, keeping up with the Joneses, whatever. So it's like, they start to realize that all the stuff that I have is actually just, it's distraction. It's clutter. It's, it's, clouding my vision. And so as they start to, you know, and if you really want to Marie Kondo and like pick everything up and say, does this spark joy? (laughs) And that, which is amazing if you do that, but even lighter versions of just looking around and being like, do I actually need and want all this stuff? And -hmm. as they start to let go of things, when I think, I think when we literally clear space, it it creates space in our brain. I'm such a visual person. So I like to have a really clean and organized space because it makes my, it calms my nervous system. Yeah, I know some people can totally, you know, kick butt in a chaotic space and that's just how they're wired I'm not wired like that which is you know why we need to know ourselves but so for some people it's physical for some people it's more like in the digital detox realm Mm. which I think Mm -hmm. is most of us to be honest these days especially now that we're staying home and are staring at screens all day it's like what are we actually allowing to come into our energetic realm so everything from how much news are we consuming and are we being mindful about like, so as a as an empath and as an HSP, I have to be really vigilant about how much news I watch and the amount that I watch is very, very little. Like I get the highlights or I ask people who are up to date because I don't want to consume it. And instead I sit around yeah. and consume a bunch of personal development stuff to raise my vibe, right? So it's yeah. digital detox, but it's also things like, you know, how do you manage your inbox? Are you allowing just so much Things, so much stuff to come in your inbox that's not actually aligned with your priorities. Are mm-hmm. you subscribed to a million newsletters and you feel like you have to read them all because you're too, you know, you don't want to feel guilty for unsubscribing from your friend's email list <laughs> or whatever? Um, some of it is our social media consumption. Some of it is just like you look at your desktop and it is the most unorganized, you know, chaotic thing of just things all over your screen. So it could be just streamlining our digital world so that we're only looking at stuff or interacting with technology in a way that's actually meaningful. Mm. So it's like, I, I mean, I joke with my clients, I'm like, are you prioritizing your priorities? <laughs> because if you're not, then what are you doing with your time? <laughs> you know, are your priorities the things that happen last in the day? Are you taking care of yourself last because you're doing everyone else, everything for everyone else first? Are you responding to every request before request before you ask yourself what you actually want? You know, so it's just kind of like yeah. looking at everything, deciding what's actually important based on what you actually care about, which is different for each of us. So we have to know who we are and what we care about, and then l- be honest about the things that we allow into our space, and then just start to, like, let things go. And the more we let things go, the more we're like, oh my gosh, I can yeah, relax and calm my nervous system, and I can actually focus on the things that I care about and that are yeah. important to me.
0: Oh, You know, so important. You touched on so many great things that I'm very passionate about. You know, you mentioned decluttering uh, kind of creates mental space. And um, I had Rose Lansbury. She's a a simplicity coach. And Mm. she started out as a professional organizer, but she's a simplicity coach. And um, she was talking also about how holding on to things like from our past, uh, kind of keeps us rooted in the past mm. and and takes up space and energy from really fully embracing the future as well, which I thought was a really lovely way of putting it. And she gave a beautiful example. This is on an uh, earlier podcast. So those of you listening now could go check out that one, the interview with Rose Lansbury. Mm. But she gives an example of boxes of things that she had from her teaching days, you know, cause she was a school teacher before and she just kept boxes and boxes of supplies and lessons. And, you know, if she wanted to fall back on, you know, teaching again, she could always go back to that because the lessons are really in her head. She didn't need mm. the boxes of stuff. Finally she got around to taking out the boxes and, and that's when she felt like she was free to fully embrace her new career. And she'd Mm -hmm. been doing it for years, but it's like this, these boxes were kind of holding your back. So I, I, I feel that myself every time I get rid of something from a past career, because you know, I've explored different careers as well. Um, You know, it's really, uh, it feels so good. It's like you're saying, okay, I don't need this right now. I want to explore this. And And it's a... I would
1: say it's a, it's kind of a key part of manifestation too, for anyone who's into the law of attraction and manifestation, spiritual woo woo space. Like yeah. we talk a lot about that. Um, or my clients and I do in terms of, you know, when, when you're trying to call something in, whether it be a you know, soulmate or in, in, the next level of your health journey or a dream job or whatever it is, right. The next level of, of abundance, if you're an entrepreneur, that kind of thing, like to bring something in, there has to be space for it energetically and, We need to clear the space. And like Denise Duffield-Thomas talks a lot about decluttering as as part of her. I think it's a five-step manifestation process she teaches and decluttering is one of them. And a lot of that I think is, is just the energetic decluttering because so much of manifestation to me too is identity work. It's, I'm stepping into the version of myself that already has, you know, that is, has, and does this next level of things that I want to do. But in order to come, become that next version of myself, like I think that's basically the fastest, shortcut to manifest what we want in our life is just to show up as the version of ourselves that already has that or that's already done that but if you're going to step into that identity then you got to let go of the old identity or at least pieces of it you know and it's not like you're just changing who you are it's just you're you're releasing the parts of you that are no longer necessary or that are no longer needed or important or relevant for this next version this next stage of your evolution because to me it's all about growth and expansion and whatever and we can like bless and forgive and love and still let go of parts of our past, parts of our identity, parts of our stuff, (laughs) our memories. We can cherish the memories. We don't necessarily need to hold on to that old t-shirt, you know, or hold on to that old part of ourselves where we're like, if I let go of this part of my my identity, I won't know who I am. It's like, we can just gently release it and expand Mm. into that next version of who we're wanting to become.
0: Mm. I I love this. I really do. And, you know, even uh just recently I've been um decluttering my wardrobe. And it sounds like such a simple thing, but, you know, it, it was startable. Uh, yeah, oh it's really hard. It had my whole last career in that yep. <laughs> in the wardrobe. And uh, you know, just being able to let go of, you know, well, I'm not going to, you know, walk around in those high heels anymore, you know, those were just for the office. I'm not in an office. Can I just let go? They've been sitting there for two years totally untouched. Yeah. You know? Can I, can I just move on to the next thing? And as I'm going through that, I've I've decluttered, I'm selling off things, I'm donating things, I'm like, they're getting out of my house for good. Right. And it feels so freeing. It feels like, okay, I could put that to rest. And now I'm in this space and I am I'm fully into manifestation and I haven't been a great manifester uh, yet, but uh, actually I have, but they come in like short bursts. Right. Mm. Um, But, you know, I really feel it's important to, um, you know, place your energy where you really want your present and your future to be. Right
1: yeah i mean it comes down to alignment i think and all of the things like we we're saying before that we allow into our space or that we're calling in or that we're choosing I, you know it's, it's it's i think of it as just this journey of alignment and it's not about a destination it's not about being perfect ever cuz ooh perfect perfectionism like we're trying to do everything to dismantle that but but it's it's just taking one little baby step at a time and making one little adjustment at a time to be like how can i be slightly more in alignment or how can i make a decision you know if i'm choosing something right even like if i'm choosing what to have for breakfast <laughs> each each moment that i have in every moment i have a choice and in every choice i have the opportunity to choose something that's slightly more in alignment with my truth with my authentic self with the direction i'm going you know walking constantly into the direction of my dreams and sometimes i go on these random detours and then i just come back <laughs> you know i'm like oops i got distracted course correct come back and every moment is a, is an opportunity to choose choose greater alignment choose to let go of what's less aligned choose to step more into what is going.
0: Exactly. Well, I, so I, I know we're kind of coming up to time here and, um, thank you so much for being here with me today. Now, before we, um, end this episode, I just wanted to have you share a little bit about how people can get in touch with you if they're interested in working with you, which I think they should be. Um, This is wonderful work that you're doing. And I also know that you have a program that you'd like to share some details on. So um, let's start with how they could contact you after this episode.
1: So I am very easy to find. I'm the only one of me. So you can, I just tell people like the easiest thing is literally just to Google my name. So it's Sandra Possing, S-A-N-D-R-A, and the last name is Possing, P-O-S-S-I-N-G, and if you type me in, then you'll find me on all the things. So my website is sandrapossing.com. I'm same on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the places, and most of the things are very clearly laid out and connected to each other, so you have to go to my Instagram, link in bio, you'll find all the things, Um, and you can reach out to me on any of the platforms if you want to explore working together, because those all kind of like I'm on all of them equally. So message me on any random platform and, uh, and you'll probably reach me at the, with the same quickness. <laughs> uh, so I'm very easy to find.
0: Wonderful. And uh, the program that you have that's available to people right now is
1: it's called up level your life in 39 days. And the reason it's such a random number is that last July I turned 39 and I had this idea in the shower where I was like, how fun would it be for my birthday to celebrate by sharing some of my favorite tips and tools with my audience. Um, but like 39 of them <laughs> and it's going to be $39. And I, you know, I texted all of that to my assistant, like the day before my birthday or something. And I was like, Is, am I crazy? Can we do this? And she's like, mm, let's go for it. Um, she's amazing. Shout out to Lacey. So we put together this program. It's, um it's really, it's a really great way to get some me time. Into your life, and to, like I'm a huge proponent of people doing morning rituals or carving out even just a little bit of me time every day. And mm-hmm. this program is super simple because it's one email per day. They're short emails. Each one has just one idea, like a tip, a tool, a concept, and then homework to practice that idea. So it's an easy way you can do it at your own pace. So you can do one a day. Um, and then I released it in last summer, and then I kind of re-released it a couple weeks ago when all this was happening because I wanted to offer something that was easy for people who are you know, struggling or they're doing great and they want to up level, like wherever you are on your personal development journey, this is an easy way to up level, right? To take where you are and go up to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wanted to make it really accessible. So it's sliding scale. It's the suggested price of $39, but you can literally pay whatever you want for it. So you can pay way less and pay way more. You can pay anywhere in between. Um, and people are buying them as gifts which has been so sweet to watch. Like for Mother's Day, I had several moms buy it or several daughters buy it for their moms. I've had moms buy it for their daughters. I've had friends buy it for colleagues and each other. Like it's just been a really sweet way for people to support each other with the gift of investing in yourself, the gift of personal development and up-leveling your life.
0: Oh, I love that. That is so timely, I think, right now. Um, Lovely. Okay, so... Uh, Again, um, I'll be putting uh, a lot of resources, things that were mentioned during the podcast uh, in the show notes, as well as all the ways that you could reach Sandra and also a link to her program, Up Level Your Life in 39 Days. And Sandra, it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for your time
1: it was an absolute joy i am getting very enthusiastic which is always a good sign when i'm like flailing my arms and <laughs> yelling at the screen so i really really appreciate you having on and sharing my message with your listeners
0: thank you this concludes another episode of detox for vibrant health have you been struggling with achieving your vibrant health The most successful women always know when to ask for help. That's what I'm here for. So book a chat with me. The link is in the show notes.